Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. I am your host, Sky Guasco. This is another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, aka TCK Pod. Back with my man, Dweez Nuts. It's been a couple weeks, my man. You've been out with the fams, doing some travels a little bit, had a had a super fun trip to a Disney World with the kiddos. Sounds like a really great time. And uh, I've been traveling a little bit as well. It's good to see my family in California. We've been out and about, man. It's been hard for us to link up for the last couple of weeks, but we're back at it just in time for the fantasy playoffs coming around the corner here. We're in week 14. We're going to take a look at the week 14 waiver wire ads, of course, Per a few weeks ago, we're going to let Dweez kind of take the run on this first half of the episode and just break down a handful of highlighted players that he is wanting to get in all of his waiver claims this evening and tomorrow, depending on when they go through, of course. And then I'm going to give you my big board and my big list as I do every week, and we'll kind of pinball a few off of each other and talk through the list. And then, of course, we're going to take a quick look kind of every week now moving forward. We're going to give a quote-unquote fantasy uh fantasy playoff preview but we're really just starting to talk about it i mean schedules matter picking up extra dsts picking up uh a a streamable quarterback one or two weeks in advance right picking up all your handcuffs we only have one more week's of buys thank goodness but we are going to preview the week of 15 16 and 17 we have that extra week 18 now so hopefully your playoffs and your commissioner moved up your playoffs to week 15, 16, 17, not 14, 15, 16 per usual. Dweez, first of all, it's been a few weeks, my man. How are you doing? Secondly, when you are preparing in general your lineups for fantasy playoff season, do you look ahead? Are you stashing two, three DSTs, two, three streaming quarterbacks, a bunch of handcuffs? Trades are pretty much behind us at this point. How do you kind of prep your own roster? So first of all, how are you feeling? Secondly, how do you prep your rosters? For fantasy playoff season yeah yeah first of all great to be back right awesome to be back it's been a while like you said you said it was a super fun trip to disney it was really a super expensive trip to <laughs> disney like i've never been to disney world before and i will never go again it was it was a great time while we were there the kids have fun Did the kids have fun oh well yeah but uh okay. by day four my okay. six-year-old couldn't walk anymore so we had to yeah. carry him like a backpack everywhere we went but um Highly recommend the Rise of the Resistance ride at uh, Hollywood Studios. It was amazing. Nice, nice. But otherwise, like maybe just stay away and keep your pocket full of cash. <laughs> um, no, it's good to be back. Feeling really strong. A couple of really interesting running back things happened to me this week that I want to mention at the outset. First of all, um, the Rams come out right before game time and say Daryl Henderson is good to go. So I Great reinserted him into all my lineups of course. and he not a single snap. Not right. One. Yeah. Um, in fact, I I'm, I'm watching a Monday night football game right now. If you're listening to the podcast, it's already happened, but it's early. I think it's the middle of the first quarter. Brandon Bolden just ran one in off the edge. So in one of those lineups, I sat Bolden at the last minute to put Daryl Henderson back in because why wouldn't you? Uh, so watching him score kind of hurts, but it's hard to feel too sad about my running back situation when Javonta Williams finally got the rock mm. last night and it just absolutely went off and destroyed my competition in the leagues where I have him. So it was so fun to, he, he looks like such a bowling ball of a man and he's so hard to take down. What a awesome. fun player to watch. What a fun dude. Um, to your second question about the, uh, the fantasy playoffs uh, to be honest, I, I do most of my fantasy playoff prep over the, the previous few weeks. I do, I do it in trade more than I do it um, on the waiver wire. Yes, we can go out and pick up a few more streaming players. Maybe, maybe tight end is actually a position that I might actually consider looking at um, because it can be so matchup dependent uh, and go, go snag a couple of those guys. But, you know, week in and week out, you're not, especially a year like this, like you never know what's going to happen. Like players are getting hurt all the time. I don't necessarily want to use a roster spot um generally in my leagues i like to make whenever i have any say my bench is really shallow so mm. i don't always have a lot of roster spots to spare um but i like to i like to make trades to prep myself i like to trade away good players with bad schedules for good players with good schedules and sometimes those trades look like losses 
at the outset. And I hear from some of my league mates, why would you make a trade like this? Uh, but it pays off more often than not, right? I'm, I'm looking for the most likely thing to happen. The other thing that I do like to do, um, I like to make sure that I save a good chunk of my fab if I'm in a fab league. 40% is my rule of thumb. I want 40% of my fab available, if at all possible, leading up to the playoffs. Now, if I have to spend that to get to the playoffs, I will do that. But if I can save 40%, that pretty much guarantees me at least a shot at getting any of the guys that I need to get on a given week should an injury happen. You need to be prepared to make those moves. And if you spend it all in season, um, let's say you're number two, three in the league and you're still j- dropping fab all over the place. That's a waste of money mm. that you could be using later on when it becomes more important that you can get those guys. I'm okay with losing a game because I couldn't pick up the stud waiver guy in week 14 if it means I can then pick up the stud waiver man in week 16 and get a win. Um but uh, yeah, a couple things. I you know I don't I don't like to I don't like to prep too far in advance on the waiver wire though. Trades trades for me. Trades is where it's at. If I can make sure my starting lineup in the fantasy playoffs uh, consists of nobody that you can get off the waiver wires all season, then I feel good. So yeah. I'll do that in trade. But- yeah, I love that. And I'm with you. Uh, unfortunately, at this point, we're past trade deadlines. Trade so, yes, sir. So yes, sir. it's it's uh it's waiver time. I. Generally, I like the uh, fab rule for you. I don't really have a rule per se or a limit on myself, but I, of course, like to have a little bit of a little bit of change jingle in there in the pockets at the end of the season, just in case, because the reality is most of your league mates don't have any left. Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking 40 percent. Let's take a hundred dollar budget in fab. Forty percent is forty dollars in fab. That's a lot of fab left, in my opinion, at the end of the year, which is great for you if you have that. If you have. $14 at this time of the year, you probably have a top three budget in your league and you're looking good. Um, So you're able to go pick up those handcuffs. I generally do look ahead and we're going to take a look at the schedule in a little bit, but I generally do look ahead and prep a couple DST, not like three or four, but like if I'm playing like, for example, the, the Denver defense, right? Played the chiefs this week. They actually played pretty well, and Mahomes was slow, but you wouldn't play them against the Chiefs. However, they have the Jets coming up next week, so I actually mm-hmm. picked up the Denver defense last week on waiver wires, holding them on purpose, knowing I'm not going to play them this week against the Chiefs, but getting ahead of the rest of my league on waivers because they're going to have the highest projection. People will pick them up. They're playing the Jets, and I think that they'll have a much better output versus the Jets than they would the Chiefs. So I just kind of like – sometimes I kind of – make a move like that a little bit earlier. So that's something that I do. If you're streaming quarterbacks or tight ends, you can look ahead as well for matchups. That is definitely important. Also, I'll tell you, you, know, I'll tell you, you, you mentioned that. And, and I, in my home league, I just said, I don't do this, uh, but you reminded me in my home league. Um, I have the, the Dallas Cowboys defense. And a few weeks ago, I went and picked up uh, Miami because I didn't like Dallas's matchup or whatever. And then usually of course, immediately after that week's done, I'm going to drop Miami, but I looked, at the schedule ahead and they're on by next week, but in the first week of the playoffs, they get the jets. So I held them. I've held on to Miami for the last whatever nice. it was, two or three weeks, because I, I saw that New York jets in the first, um, in the first round of the playoffs. And I did hold on to them. So I say, I don't do these things, but like no rule is written in stone <laughs> in fantasy football. You got to swerve when yeah. the road turns ahead of you. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. hundred percent. So Everybody is in crunch time. You should have one more week left, though. Hopefully, we're talking a little premature for you. This should be your last week of the regular season. If it is the first week of your playoffs, though, with the league changing this year, then you're in playoffs, period. And you might have a first-round bye, hopefully, uh, or you're in in the nitty-gritty. So hit us up in the comments. Let us know throughout the week with the rest of the guys on the shows as well. Let us know your start sits. Of course, we have our start sit show every single Sunday morning. From 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific Time, where you can get three hours of start sit analysis. All right, Dweez, let's turn the page here, man. Let's get into your first couple of players. If you have, you know, again, top waiver ads is what it's been all summer, all, all season long. But you know, just let us know some players that you're trying to acquire one way or another. And look, some leagues don't have a trade deadline on purpose which i think is fun so if there are still like tradable assets and you're still able to trade maybe you can make a last minute move so who's maybe a player or two any position you like that you are going to be targeting for the remainder of the fantasy season heading into the playoffs 
Sure. I'm going to give you a, uh, it, it's all wide receivers on my list right now. This is kind of the way it broke down. There's some guys available, I think, um, that, that can make some serious waves in your fantasy playoffs. So, um, I'm going to give you two highlight two. Maybe I'll mention one or two more just because I've, I've, I've got the notes. I might as well, I might as well speak to them. Um, first one here, and I'll go in descending order of ownership. Okay. So this guy is 70% owned. He's probably owned in your league, but that means in a, in a, in almost a third of all leagues, he's still available. It's Van Jefferson um, from the LA Rams. He won't be available after this, this waiver week. So if you've got some room on your roster and he happens to be sitting out there, just just throw something out there. Just just try to put him on your roster. You're going to want him. Ever since Robert Woods left that team a few weeks ago, um, he's averaging eight targets a game. Uh, he scored a touchdown in two out of those three games. He's the wide receiver 24 in that time, despite only playing three games against many of the, the top 24 receivers, four games, because they had a bye in there. Even before Woods went out though, since week seven, this guy's had seven targets per game, still the wide receiver 24. And that includes a bye week uh, and two games where the Rams failed to score 20 points. It's, it was pretty clear. I know it was the Jags last yesterday, um, but it's pretty clear that that offense is back to clicking. You know, they have their little lull and it's Sean McVay's offense has seemed to have a little lull at some point around November, early December, but Stafford came out chucking the rock, slinging it all over yesterday. Um, and Van Jefferson is absolutely going to get a lot of those and have an opportunity to score in every week. So if you're in that 30%, please just, just go look. If you think your league mates know what they're doing and he's probably not there, I don't care. Go look because Van Jefferson is a league winning type of waiver pickup at this point in the season. Another wide receiver who I think has crazy potential to score you a ton of points, but has sort of been slept on most of the season, uh, partially because of his offense. It's Russell Gage. Um, over there in Atlanta, 54% owned. So he's about half available um, out there. Target share has been in the double digits. Um, you know, the rest of these, twice as many, twice as many targets, I should say. Double the targets as anybody else in that wide receiver room. Uh, since he got healthy, he got healthy around week nine and he started really playing in week nine. He's had about a 25% target share on that team, which does lead the team. Pitts is relatively close. They throw it to Cordero Patterson, obviously a lot as well, but he's not really a receiver anymore. So I don't include him in that receiver room, but Russell Gage is getting the ball. He's, he's kind of at this point, the guy that Matt Ryan is looking to when he needs a catch, he's a sure-handed guy. He's the guy that uh, Ryan feels comfortable throwing the ball to. Uh, he's got the six most targets in the league since week nine, when he started playing regularly, starting on that roster and staying on the field. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's somebody you need to own. He's a volume guy that you need to own. Probably not a big play guy. It's certainly not a big play offense at this point, but it, you know, his target share puts him at 11 in the category across the entire league since week nine. So somebody you want to go look at half available, half the leagues out there. Okay. So those are two big, <clears throat> those are two big highlights. Two more guys that I want to mention here, um, coming off a buy, and it's it's oftentimes easier to acquire somebody coming off a buy, right, in your waivers, because people forget about these these guys, people forget about these teams. Um, nobody's forgetting about the Green Bay Packers, but uh, Marquise Valdez-Scantling is available in the majority of leagues, only owned in 27% of leagues, but he's got 19 targets in the last two games until, since he got back on the field, um, and it was like 10 targets and nine. It wasn't 16 and three. Or, I know it's a short, small sample size, but he's averaging nine and a half targets in the last two games. With an average depth of target, by the way, at 19.4 yards down the field, second best in the league behind Massive. So you don't need nine targets every week if you're catching the ball 20 yards downfield. Um, MVS is, is the big play guy, I think, to own right now um, on a Green Bay team that can score at any moment. And it's not always going to be Devontae Adams. Go put MVS on your roster. Same team, I will say, same team. Randall Cobb is also an interesting prospect. Only 18% owned, so he's very available. Um, if you're a deeper league and maybe MVS and these other guys are already owned, Randall Cobb is somebody that you can go get put on your roster as sort of a dart throw. And I say that because, look, he's not getting a ton of targets, right? Five targets a game or so is what he's averaging. Um, but he has the most targets in the entire league from inside the 10-yard line. This guy is as likely to score a touchdown in any given week as any player, um, at least any wide receiver in the league. 
this is who Aaron Rodgers throws to when they're in that red zone. He uses his body um, like a really good slot small man should and boxes out really well. So uh, Aaron knows that. You now know that. Put him on your team. And if you're if you're really desperate and really scraping, I think he's, he's a guy that can score you a touchdown um, in pretty much any given week. Last guy I'll say, and this is just for the dynasty, folks. Um, there are some people out there who will probably go throw some money at, uh, I guess there's go, he's going by D now, D Eskridge. His name is Dwayne. Okay, mm-hmm. so I take it a little bit personally offensive yeah. that he's not going by Dwayne because my <laughs> name is Dwayne, for those of you that didn't know. He's going by D Eskridge now. Seattle rookie receiver um, out of Western Michigan, which, by the way, is in my backyard. I live in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which is where Western is. Only 4% owned. He scored a touchdown in this last week, but only three targets over the last two games. Um, It is nice to see that he's starting to build and develop a relationship with his quarterback, Russell Wilson, who, look, his finger won't be busted up forever. Um, Who knows what's going to happen on this team moving forward. But what I do know is that Russell Wilson's a good quarterback, and when he appreciates a receiver on his team, he throws the ball to him. I think Bobby and I in the in the uh, preseason coaching changes show, we were talking about this team and we were talking specifically about that um, slot role, that slot wide receiver role uh, in Seattle has been a really valuable role. Uh, it's going to continue to be that. And this guy, Eskridge, D. Eskridge is, is the player they drafted to sort of take that role on. And I think he's, his role is going to continue to grow. So if you're in a dynasty league, somebody that you should look at acquiring and honestly, as long as he doesn't score in the next in two out of the next three games, I think during the offseason, D. Eskridge might be a pretty cheap add-on piece in a deal because he's been he hasn't been on the field mm-hmm. for most of the season at all. Um, and when he's on the field, like I said, three targets in each of the last two games, not a ton of yards, just happened to be a score this past one. Eskridge is somebody coming out of the draft that I I think a lot of uh, scouts were excited about, the fantasy mm-hmm. analysts were excited about, but like a lot like Rashad Bateman and many other players Elijah Moore we like these kids coming out of college and then depending yeah. on what team they land on you're kind of like uh like Eskridge on the Seahawks like a for fantasy that sucks b for NFL he's got two stallions ahead of him when everybody's right like there's no way he has a chance that's kind of unfortunate I love the Randall Cobb call for at least the playoffs because look it's all about uh relationships in the nfl right bobby constantly is preaching continuity between quarterbacks and wide receivers coaches and quarterbacks players and players coaches and coaches continuity is everything especially in the playoffs randall cobb and aaron Rodgers have done this many times before and when it's not Devontae adams it's usually randall cobb before mbs and i would say mbs is probably a free dynasty look as well and Devontae Adams is the number one free agent in, F- in NFL terms. Of course, a lot of that has to do with Aaron Rodgers and blah, blah, blah. But assuming Adams is gone, MVS might have an opportunity to get some more looks next year. Randall Cobb should be gone too. Can't trust Alan Lazard, unfortunately. So take a look there for a cheap move. Russell Gage has been very frustrating for the last couple of years. Uh, <laughs> when, when he was behind Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, it made sense that he was a distant third fiddle Julio would get hurt. He would come in, play pretty well, like 14 targets a game because it's the Falcons, but he wouldn't do yeah. much with it. Last week, he finally looked like it started to click against the Buccaneers, who have a solid defense, right? So I like that call, sneaky. And then, of course, if you can get Van Jefferson anymore, do it. That's been my guy yeah. for two months. Uh, we've been repping him and Rashad Bateman on this show relentlessly um, and finally 70% managed, but... He is obvious. He is clearly the number two. Odell mm-hmm. caught a touchdown. He had a good, you know, catch a couple of weeks ago. Odell is getting better, and the Rams are going to get better for that. But Van Jefferson's the number two. It's not Odell Beckham, and he yeah. has, like you said, taken over not only the Robert Woods looks, but he's a deeper threat, and he's catching sixty-yard touchdowns. So if you're in any sort of bonus league, uh, mm-hmm. Van Jefferson has even more weight. Um, because he's not just a Deshaun Jackson one-trick pony. Like he's getting the targets and the catches and the volume, but he's also got that deep threat ability. So four and a half great names, Dweez, all wide receivers this week. Again, if your trade deadlines have not passed yet, you may have another couple of days to look through your league and see who you might be able to pick up going down the stretch there. And if your waiver wires 
uh, are chock full of opportunity. We just gave you five wide receivers that you can go look at for redraft and dynasty purposes. I'm going to get into my big board here in just a couple of minutes. But before we do that, I want to give a quick shout out to a new sponsor of ours with the holidays coming up. It's a great opportunity to look at a special gift for that special someone. So here's a shout out to our new friends over at Lightbox. We'll be right back after these messages. Shout out to our new sponsor, Lightbox. Say goodbye to the dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones of blush pink, beautiful blue, as well as classic white diamonds. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off and priced so they won't have to. They really make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com and add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. All right, Dweezy, let's get into my big board here and we'll take a look and really like, again, every week I do this, we have like 30 names or something. And of course, we're not looking at all 30 names, but here, let me make it fancy here. I'll, I'll share my screen quickly. Oh, now. And I want to make sure that everybody can see here because we're getting to the nitty gritty and maybe people uh, can, you know, visualize it a little better than we can here. So let me get into this quickly and let me go this way. Boom. Hi. So fancy. All right. But then I got to get rid of this. Jeez. Technology these days, man, is just like. <laughs> we're too old. We're too old to pick it up quickly is all. Come it just takes on. Us Come on. All right. So <laughs> let's start up at the top here, man. I'm going to just blast off five names to you and you can pick somebody out of this grip. Of course, you've talked about a couple already. Pick a couple names out of this one and give me your thoughts here. We're going all positions right now. This is my yeah. big board here. I have, let's see, this week I have 46 names. We're going to talk about, eh, I'll list about 20 of them. So, Dweez, i like you to just kind of cherry pick a name out of the grip that I give you here. And you can give me your thoughts. So, let's start up at the top here. We're going with Taysom Hill, New Orleans Saints. Comes in 24 fantasy points, four interceptions. Doesn't matter. He runs for over 100 yards. <laughs> He's got a splint on his finger. Doesn't matter. He runs for over 100 yards. Not doing much in the pass game doesn't matter because he runs for 100 yards. Taysom Hill, <laughs> my number one quarterback, my number one player, 65% availability. You already mentioned Russell Gage. He is my number one wide receiver. Now, these are generally players that are listed at 50% or lower unless mm -hmm. they've been out for a while, like Devontae Parker, who is my number two. Finally came back, had a nice couple of grabs. He's 52% managed, but he's been out for so long, he's probably under waivers. KJ Osborne. Now, he might he would be higher for me with Adam Thielen most likely out for a while, but I don't know what Adam Thielen's status is 100% moving forward. But K.J. Osborne for the Minnesota Vikings elevates to that number two behind Justin Jefferson and then Tyler Conklin as well also for the Minnesota Vikings, my number one tight end, again, because of Adam Thielen. So with Taysom Hill, Russell Gage, you already talked about, so we'll cross them off. Taysom Hill, Devontae Parker, and then the Vikings, K.J. Osborne and Tyler Conklin. Does anyone step off the page there for you yeah i mean i'd love to be all in on Taysom hill honestly um i i put Taysom hill on my rosters way back when i thought he might have a chance because mm -hmm. i got a guy that runs that much it doesn't matter if he throws that well but i i'm really nervous that um he's gonna take a hit or hit another helmet or an arm or something and get pulled off the field which is the only thing that can stop this guy like he has the same injury that russell wilson had um with his finger the difference was that russ has to throw it um, but yeah, if he, if he's knocked off the field, I've, I've just wasted all of my hope on a guy. So, so I'm not touching him, even though I really want to, I really like Devonte Parker on this list. Um, you know, I've, I've been waiting for him to come back in a lot of leagues for a while because Jalen Waddle 
well, you'd like to think Jalen Waddle can only do so much, but they just keep throwing the ball at him and he just keeps catching the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Gasicki has struggled all year. I think Devontae Parker is the extra piece that offense needs to keep the Dolphins on the winning streak. Um, they're on. And yeah, it was his first game back. I think five catches on five targets, not a huge day, but he looked really good, looked really healthy, made some really impressive catches. Um, he's the guy that I'd really, really like to get on this list if you were available anywhere for me. Uh, yes, the Minnesota guys, you know, you'd like to think with feeling out one of these two guys is going to step up, but, but I'm not sure which one, to be honest with you, each of them has had their moments so far this season and and hell it might just be justin jefferson for another 200 receiving yards every week (laughs) moving forward so so i'm probably not going there it's Devontae parker russell gage for me on that list of five yep i like it likewise all right let's move on here number six here kendrick Bourne, my number four wide receiver playing tonight playing right now as we record against the buffalo bills we'll see what happens but again i've been kind of repping kendrick Bourne for a couple you know well about a month a month and a half kind of tongue-in-cheek used to be a 49er he was like eighth string wasn't getting any work but the couple of you know passes they actually threw his way he was doing work comes over to New England I was pretty hyped on that because they have little competition and in my opinion he's he is the number one wide receiver there for the New England Patriots so we'll see what happens tonight but Kendrick Bourne also on my list Taylor Heineke Again, my number two quarterback, only 33% managed. If you need a streaming quarterback, Taylor Heineke's that guy. The last couple games haven't been amazing for fantasy football, but he's getting wins. He's playing winning football. He's able to run it. He's kind of sneaky ground game. Also, he uh, has Terry McLaurin, which helps. And Antonio Gibson is incredible out of the backfield as well there. So good weapons. Not excited about this Logan Thomas news. Did not tear his ACL, which they thought originally, which is good news but nonetheless has an injury and maybe out for the rest of fantasy purposes at least. But I do like Taylor Heineke if you're stuck at quarterback. And then a guy I have to continue to put on my list just because, but I never want him on my team, is Tevin Coleman. Because he is getting work with the Jets, he's a starting running back, and that's what you need this time of year if you're stuck. Tevin Coleman's on the list. Saints DST if you're playing DSTs. And look, there he is, MVS. My number five wide receiver, again, would be more. But again, with the Packers, it's just it's run game and it's Devontae Adams. So I got the other guys higher. But you mentioned uh, MVS already, so we'll skip them. I've got Kendrick Bourne, Taylor Heineke, Tevin Coleman, and the Saints DST. I got the Broncos DST. So we'll put Cam back in the mix as well. If you think Cam is going to get any playing time, I've got him on the list here. But Joe Brady gets fired as the OC in Carolina, but he's on the list again just because he's another running quarterback that might be able to yeah. get you some work this time of year. I love me. So I mean Taylor Heineke is so much fun to watch in the field. Yeah, he's yeah. one of those guys he's one of those, you know, those underdog guys who's been around the block. Takes back to like takes back to Case Keenum when he when he stepped in for Minnesota that season. But uh so much fun to watch. He just doesn't really produce a lot of fantasy numbers. And to be honest, you know, I'm I'm uh previewing one of our later segments here, but that run game has one of the best schedules there is going forward. So I, you know, I think the team is going to run um, the ball pretty heavily with Gibson and McKissick when he gets back. So I'm not sure Heineke is going to produce for fantasy for you. Uh, so maybe not that now I, I have one league where all of my running backs are on by or injury. So I tried desperately to go get Tevin Coleman. I even tried to trade for him, which really hurt my feelings to have to do, but I couldn't, I couldn't pull him away. Um, I ended up starting freaking Kyle use in that. Oh, league you're better was, off, but yeah, it was, it. <laughs> it was him or freaking Marlon Mack were my only options. And Matt doesn't even suit up. Oh, um, uh, yeah, Cole, I mean, Coleman went, what, 14 carries or something, 11 carries or something in this last game. I thought it'd be Ty Johnson when uh, when Carter first got injured, but Tevin Coleman is somebody just because of what's going on. He's a starting back, and that, that offense is is not as bad as you think it is for fantasy purposes. They can, they can put up some points. They can move the ball. He's not going to have a game winner for you, but, um, you know, Coleman can always punch one in if he's really going to be getting the ball as much as he is. Now, not a ton of work for him in the passing game, which is concerning. Ty Johnson is doing that, but Johnson had one carry. Uh, but on that list, you know, outside of MVS, I'd probably have to leave Tevin, lean Tevin Coleman just because starting running backs, it is what it is in this league. If I'm going to go running back, I have Tevin Coleman ahead of him because he's getting the definite work there with the Jets. I've got mm-hmm. to go with my man, Kenny Gainwell. Look, yeah. Kenny Gainwell, I have been repping all season long. 
kind of tongue in cheek, but also not tongue in cheek at all. I think he, if he got the same amount of work as Miles Sanders, I think he would be just as good or better. He has been more efficient with limited work this season. We saw yesterday. I mean, he comes out there. Kenny Gainwell scores the first touchdown, and Miles Sanders has the best game probably in his Eagles career, definitely the best game of this season. And Kenny Gainwell still had more fantasy points than Miles <laughs> Sanders. So Kenny Gainwell is my dog. He's my number two running back, but honestly, he's probably the one that I'm looking for. 89% availability. Go get Kenny Gainwell. And again, Miles Sanders gets nicked up once more. Could be Boston Scott, but Kenny Gainwell has produced when they've given him work. I have to imagine eventually they'll give him more. Rashad Penny, this is basically just a shout out to Bob. I'm not a Rashad Penny guy, but again, if Alex Collins isn't getting it done, which he's not, Chris Carson's out for the season. Adrian Peterson comes in, folks. They sign him off the street there. He gets a touchdown just to boost his Hall of Fame numbers, but Rashad Penny's probably going to get a bulk of the carries moving forward for the Seattle Seahawks there, and that often should get better, you'd think. Available in 96% of leagues, Rashad Penny. And then a couple more DSTs, but I'll throw in a bear for you there, Dweez. Cole Komet coming in as well. Again, the Bears have been on like a six-week buy or something like that. But Cole <laughs> Komet has been playing well uh, with limited opportunity, multiple quarterbacks. We'll see what happens with Justin Fields uh, if he comes back or Andy Dalton, whatever. But Cole Komet, I think, is as good a streaming court, uh, tight end as you can ask for these days. Yeah, um, interesting list. I'd really, really love to be all on board with Kenny Gainwell. But after what happened when Sanders went out for that stretch of games where, you know, Kenny Gainwell doesn't touch the ball at all in that first game that he's that um, Sanders has gone. Boston Scott comes in. They bring in Jordan Howard off the street and they got all the work. It, it, there's just so much disrespect to this kid from the coaching staff. And of course, when Miles Sanders comes back, OK, now we're going to give him another 11 carries or, or 12, 15 touches, whatever, like we were doing when Sanders was in there. It doesn't make any sense. Like, I have no idea what is happening on this team. Um, so, so yes, I'm out of that list. I'm throwing my money at Gainwell, but I'm not expecting much. And I probably, to be honest with you, it would, I would be hard-pressed to ever put him in my starting lineup, right? Now, um, I think I think Sanders left the field for a little while in this last one. We know, um, uh, what's his name, Miss Boston Scott missed, but he's they're on a bye this week. Presumably those guys are all going to be healthy next week. So I would love to own Kenny Gainwell. I don't know that I would be willing to start Kenny Gainwell. So really for me, if I'm looking at for somebody to actually put in my roster, um, yeah, it's a homer call, but Cole Komet, I mean, I think 11 targets in this last game. He's had uh, six, six, seven, eight targets. There was a game in there where he only had two and a buy in there, but he's been really consistent target-wise, volume-wise. Um, and you know, they're, they're looking at him. Dalton's looking at him. Even when, uh, Fields was in there, he was looking at him when they needed somebody to catch a ball. Um, I think he's probably, he's probably the guy for me if I'm looking, looking on that list. And it hurts me to say it because I also, I love Kenny Gainwell coming in, right? I thought he'd be a great fit on that team even specifically, but, uh, it's been disappointing the way he's been used or not used. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. It is frustrating, and I hope that Kenny Gainwell gets more run, but we shall see. I had yeah. a number of DSTs in here. We don't need to necessarily cover the DSTs, but I just wanted to mention them for those of us that play in leagues with defenses. New Orleans Saints, number one this week. Denver Broncos, I mentioned going up against the Jets. I have them already. I looked ahead with the Denver Broncos. Green Bay Packers coming off a bye and fresh. Tennessee Titans playing a little bit better, and the Carolina Panthers hopefully playing some motivated football and the Los Angeles football chargers who played pretty well against burrow and the Bengals at least in the first half. So those are some DSTs to look at this week as well. Dweez, is there anybody else that jumps off? I mean, maybe not a main name or anybody, but just somebody else that might be floating around on your waiver wire uh, that you're looking at even a fourth string, fifth string, somebody, but just, just someone that could be a throw in if, if people need him at this point. Yeah, and he's on your list here. Um, I would I would throw a receiving name out here. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Caught the game-winning pass in Detroit. I know the Detroit Lions are a terrible football team, um, but this kid, young kid, we you know people again. Another guy they were really excited about coming in because he could do a lot of things on the field. He's been really slow ramping up. I think he was injured in the beginning of the season, so it took him a while to get onto the field. But uh, with some injuries ahead of him on that depth chart, he's really kind of stepping up. He's becoming a somewhat reliable target. 
Uh, you know, if 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 your team with four seconds left in a game, if your team's throwing it into the end zone and you're the target, you know that your quarterback trusts you a little bit. Your coach does to call your number a little bit. Um, since week four, this guy's target share has been pretty consistent, right? Somewhere around 20% hovering just above or below that number. Um, and while in some of those games, they've only thrown 80 yards. Um, so those numbers don't look great. Like he's a volume guy. And again, if you're really desperate, um, if you're scrapping the, the bottom of scraping, the bottom of the barrel, trying to get a wide receiver on your roster, you could do worse, uh, than St. Brown here, tough matchups coming up. Uh, but maybe they found something that worked a little bit on this offense this week. Maybe it was just that Minnesota's a terrible defense and really easy to pass against. I don't know. I do have to say real quick, um, just a correction. I have cited on this show several times that Amon Ra St. Brown is the, or Amon Ra rather is the Egyptian sun God. Not the case. I fact checked myself today. Amon Ra is the king of the Egyptian gods. He rules them all. Um, so I apologize to him and his namesake, Amon Ra St. Brown, for well underselling his worth to the Egyptian people. Great, great uh, self-accountability check, Dewey. Yes, I like that. Yes, Thank sir. you. Thank you. We like to have our facts straight <laughs> here on the TCK pod. I appreciate that. And shouts oh, out yeah. to Amon Ra St. Brown and the Detroit Lions for getting off the schneid. We'll do the game recaps. Bob and Jordan got the game recaps coming at you tomorrow. They'll take care of celebrating the Lions victory. But shouts out to our good friend and veteran of the TCK pod, our friend Cynthia Freeland of NFL Network, who came on for the 500th episode and repped her Lions. And we almost had it. Then they had a tie with the Steelers and they were so close. And then now they finally get the W. So shouts out to Detroit. Uh, I know Michigan uh, can can use a boost in general right now of morale. They got the Wolverines on fire. Lions getting a dub. Hopefully we get some more uh, good vibes up north for you, Dweez, and uh, knock off a little bit of that frost up north there with a couple more yeah. dubs. So best of luck up that way. We're going to take another quick break. That is our big board here. We're going to take another quick break, give a shout-out to another one of our sponsors here, Bet Online. Dweez and I will be right back with a fantasy playoff preview. Bet Online is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NFL season and the NBA season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all football and basketball action this season. Make sure to head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. From football to basketball to NHL to boxing to UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the rest of the 2021 seasons. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All righty. Dweez, I'm going to let you kick off this one as well, and then I'll jump in here. I got just kind of a list of the ideal fantasy playoff schedule like which positions have the top or which teams of the position have the top matchups and the worst matchups but i'm gonna let yep. you again kind of kick off and cherry pick here are there certain players certain positions that you are looking forward to for the fantasy playoffs or frankly you know avoiding you mentioned you know the washington football team has a nice run schedule but conversely terry mclaurin and that wide receiver core have one of the worst the New England yeah. Patriots over the last couple of years have had one of the best run schedules into the playoffs. This year, they happen to have a bottom three fantasy rushing schedule. So is that going to actually deter you off of guys like Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson? Or are you thinking it's the Patriots? They run well. I'm still playing my guys. How much merit do you put into the schedule, first of all? And then cherry pick a couple of guys for me in, in position. Yeah. Uh, yeah, certainly by now, um, we know you know, who is good at what, like who does what well. So, you know, in the beginning of the season, strength of schedule stuff means very little to me. Um, even halfway through the season, strength of schedule means very little to me, but we're, we're deep enough at this point that we kind of, we, we kind of know what's going to happen. We kind of know what these matchups are going to mean for our players. And, and I absolutely think they should um, weigh into your decision. So um, I'll start with that and clarify um, for the people, the Washington Running back schedule. It's not a good it's not a good run schedule necessarily. Now, to be fair, when I looked at this, my playoffs do start 
this week. So I have a four week playoff. So I'm looking um, at weeks 14 through week uh, 17 for my, my fantasy playoffs instead of just the three weeks, but Washington, it, it has an interesting schedule. They play the giants twice and they play the Cowboys twice. Okay. So weird. So the Cowboys are a, a really tough run defense, but you can pass to the backs against the Cowboys and be successful there. And the, and I, I'd be hard pressed to see a team that um, schemes the running back catching game, uh, the running back receiving game better than Washington between Gibson and McKissick, um, who McKissick's going to be back. He had a head injury that he was dealing with in this last one, so he should be back on the field pretty soon. I think J.D. McKissick is somebody that you might look at. You may be able to get um, in your league, even off of the waivers after his injury, uh, and, and use him and use him a lot in the playoffs. It might be a might be a big winner for you. Um, otherwise, as I as I kind of look at this list, um, not a lot of guys available. I kind of like I kind of like the schedule uh, for the for the Patriots moving forward and the Patriots backs. I know you mentioned them, but um, Buffalo obviously this week's really tough. I think Indianapolis is not as hard a, as uh, people say they are. And then championship week is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like I'll take that all day, even if I have to go through the the Bills one more time to get there. I don't mind that. And I think Ramon J. Stevenson is available in some places, a guy that I might look at going to pick up. If I'm looking at the receiver schedules here, uh, you know, I think I, it would be really great if we knew right now that Gardner Minshew was the new Eagles quarterback moving forward. Yeah. Um, and if that were the case, I'd be like, let's go get Quez Watkins. Let's put him on our team. Let's go get Jalen Rager. Let's put him on our team. Uh, let's go win because they have a nice schedule um, for those receivers. But if Hertz comes back, you just can't you just can't do it. Devontae Parker on my and that whole Miami wide receiver core. You know, we talked about him earlier. Um, nice schedule moving forward. I think you can capitalize there as well. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the rest of these wide receiver schedules that look good, we kind of already these guys are owned, right? Like that we knew Dallas had a great uh, a great schedule moving forward, but even Michael Gallup is scooped up everywhere right now, so you can't really take advantage of that. Um, uh, if you're a digs owner, like I feel bad for you because they're going to have a really tough way moving forward again, the Patriots tonight. And then again, in a couple of weeks, but, um, tough there, you know, even my Russell Gage call earlier, like Atlanta does not have a friendly wide receiver schedule moving forward. I don't know that there's a ton of guys that you can really get Marquise Valdez Scantling. We said his name earlier, decent schedule for wide receivers in, in green Bay, uh, and that pass attack here moving forward. Um, tight ends always suck and I don't like talking about them. So I'm, I'm going to let you talk about them, but, uh, <laughs> that's just a handful of guys. Like I think, I think JD McKissick is a league winning option for you. If you can get him. not really a very available, which is why I don't think we brought him up earlier, but, uh, certainly, certainly schedule says if you have any way of making that person, uh, a running back, a starting running back on your roster, I think he still leads the league in, in running back catches after missing a game. I don't, I would have to fact check that, but. Yeah, the man catches a lot of balls. Yeah, he does. I think it. He did last year. I think, but DeAndre Swift has been out a little bit. I think it's still DeAndre Swift, honestly. But it's like DeAndre Swift and Jamal. Williams. Oh, Najee was up there too. Yeah, right? Najee Harris, but DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, and then Gibson and McKissick were kind of hand in hand in that as a duo. But yeah, Najee as an individual, he had 19 targets in Week One or whatever. Like <laughs> that was insane. All right, so. Cool. So you broke down those. I'll just I'll just pick up where you left off here, and we'll cover yep. the rest of these, and I'll I'll dive back on the other ones. Let's go to tight ends real quick. So Washington football team has the number one tight end schedule, which would be great for Logan Thomas. But again, Logan Thomas not out for the season per se. Avoided a torn ACL, but nonetheless has an injury. I'm Pretty worried about guy. that. Yeah. So unfortunately, I'm worried about that. Now we look down the list. Denver's number two. That's Noah Fant. That's Albert Okwebenum. Hopefully those guys will be okay, but I don't trust Teddy Bridgewater. So then let's yeah. go to number three. That's the Jets. Ryan Griffin, question mark, <laughs> caught a touchdown last week. I don't want the Jets. Let's go to number four, Cincinnati Bengals, C.J. Ozama. He had a couple good weeks in midseason, but like I don't trust him weekly. And then the Arizona no. Cardinals, Zach Ertz at number five. That's when it feels good. But of go. the top 10 tight end schedules for the fantasy playoffs, so I'm talking week 15, 16, 17 specifically, only Travis Kelsey and I guess Hunter Henry, if you want to call it, uh, you know, consistent. And then Zach Ertz of the Cardinals now are the consistent options there out of the top 10. I'm concerned about that. We'll go to the other side, though. 
the Colts 28th, Dallas, and my boy Dalton Schultz 29th schedule. So fourth yeah. worst. I don't know if that matters because it's Dallas, but something to think about. TJ Hawkinson, who has been catching touchdowns lately, but still not getting the volume we thought he would. Third worst schedule. Dawson Knox, second worst. And then Kyle Pitts, the worst tight end schedule, unfortunately, uh, heading into the playoffs. I'm going to go to DSTs really quickly because that is important. In my opinion, if you play DSTs, you should know this. My Niners, the number one easiest schedule for fantasy football in the playoffs. The number one squad, Denver Broncos. I mentioned them multiple times. Number two overall, weeks 15, 16, 17. Buffalo Bills, number three. Detroit Lions, you're probably not playing them but technically they have the fourth best option. And then the Cincinnati Bengals, who played pretty well against Herbert and the Chargers in the second half of last week. And then, look, don't sleep on the Kansas City Chiefs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Miami Dolphins, Dewey's mentioned earlier, six, seven, eight in this metric. But all of those defenses are trending up there. So I like that. A couple of DSTs you might want to avoid. Washington football team, who we had really high aspirations for this year. Worst schedule in the fantasy playoffs your bears unfortunately second worst cardinals third worst giants fourth worst and the eagles fifth worst now raiders titans uh carolina panthers new england patriots follow it up but teams like the patriots you're playing every week no matter what thoughts quickly i know you don't talk about tight ends much but thoughts on any of those or the dsts before i recap on the quarterback running back and wide receivers yeah, I, I really have a question for you. Uh, you mentioned Ertz in there who had some really big games right after he got to Arizona, but against against them Bears, one catch, 10 yards. Yeah. Like, are you put off the whole passing? I don't think Kyler threw for more than 150 yards in that game. Yeah. Are you are we concerned or was this just, hey, this is how the game went. We had a bunch of interceptions, short fields, like we should be fine. Yeah, it's also at Chicago, Kyler's yeah. first game back in a month. Um, also, like, Look, Ertz has been good, but Ertz has been good with Colt McCoy. Like <laughs> Kyler, Kyler and and Zach Ertz, I think still need to kind of vibe with each other. Also, you had Nuke Hopkins back, who'd been Hopkins out for a month as well. Yep. Uh, you know, Chicago weather, you know better than anybody. I mean, I think it was just mm-hmm. like a, it was like a Cardinals like don't blow it, win the game and get the hell out of there, and j- let's just like get back to square one kind of game. I think um, yep. they're now they're an indoor team going to the Midwest this time of year, which has got to be brutal. Um, so, no, I don't hold any weight to that. I think it's a good thing to bring up, but yeah. I'm not concerned. I think he's he's uh, etched himself into the offense. What concerns me more is looking at, like, four Pop Warner reverse plays to Rondale Moore and, like, double passes and shit. If they're going to do that stuff, Zach Hurts has nothing to do with the offense. Yeah, but if it's right. straight up drop back and and throw it, I I, I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, the the one thing I'll say about a DSTs here, <clears throat> and you know, I, I obviously I give weight to strength of schedule, but sometimes I think people get a little carried away with DSTs because they look at a they look at a matchup and they say, you know, shit, Arizona is going to score forty points or the Rams are going to score forty points. I can't play the defense against them. What people don't re- remember or realize about DST is the points given up. Okay, it's a piece of the scoring bit, but it's the positive point production metrics, sacks, interceptions, fumbles. Um, these are the things that matter more. So, like, you look at a team like Arizona, and you mentioned them as one of the worst, toughest schedules moving forward, but they're like number three in the league, four in the league in sacks. I think they're number three in the league in turnovers. This is a team that scores points. They don't just stop other teams from scoring points. New England too. Yeah, so so be careful about, when you're looking at defenses specifically, be careful about strength of schedule because it doesn't always matter if, if that defense is going to give up 24 or 28 points because they're going to score you points on that defensive line, they're going to score you points on that back end as they turn the ball over. That's what you really want to pay attention to um, here. And you can you can almost throw out that strength of schedule stuff because I think most of most people that measure strength of schedule for DSTs measure, you know, what are these powerful offenses they're playing against, right? But um, they sometimes don't take into effect that look, these teams can't know how to turn the ball over, and that's always going to score you points. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be scared off of Arizona, for example, because they've been a very productive team. That's a good call. I'm just going to blast through a couple more like top five or six 
at each position, bottom yeah. five or six, and just get your quick thoughts before we get out of here, Dweez. You've sure. already mentioned quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, kind of like zooming in. I'm just going to do a blast of the teams. In my metric, the number one quarterback, and this again, this is team player, whatever, at quarterback position is the Philadelphia Eagles. So you mentioned Gardner Minshew, Jalen Hurts, whatever. Number one, Tua Tungavailoa, number two in the Miami Dolphins. Big Ben and number three, Ikes. Jimmy Garoppolo playing pretty well, number four, and then Ryan Tannehill, number five, with no weapons. Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, and Justin Herbert, six, seven, and eight. Love all those guys moving forward. Joe Burrow on the list there as well. Now, bottom tier, and this is where, like, does it actually matter? Carson Wentz, worst schedule in the playoffs. Josh Allen, second worst. uh, Matt Ryan, third. Mac Jones, fourth. And Trevor Lawrence, Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, fifth, sixth, seventh, and then Mahomes at 25. And look, Mahomes isn't Mahomes, man. Like, Mm -hmm. if you got Mahomes in the third round and then you got, like, Brady or Stafford or Tannehill or, you know, Aaron Rodgers or somebody else late, I I know it feels insane, but there might come a time in the next couple of weeks that you're, like, playing somebody else, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the only thing about that list is, uh, like, you know, do you sit Josh Allen? It's a tough schedule, but you know that does that just mean he's going to tuck it and run a bunch? I like I don't know. You know, there's some point, some studs you just kind of have to play. Mahomes used to be in that category. He's not mm-hmm. anymore. Um, love Tua, love Tua, who's who's been a much better NFL quarterback than fantasy quarterback since he's come back from injury. Yep. Um, but uh, really started slinging it around this week. I think with Parker back in that lineup, I think this that's a that's an offense that I would mind getting a piece of. In my dailies, I'm looking at them a lot. That whole passing offense over the next few weeks, um, for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, like there's most of the names on the bottom of that list you're not playing anyway, right? Yeah. And and uh, some of the names that, that six, seven, eight run, Kyler, Dak, and and Herbert, like that that does make does make me you're smile. Playing. It's yeah. going to be fun to watch. Yeah. All right. Running backs. Let's see if any, you know, this, this should bring some joy here. So you got James Robinson slash Carlos Hyde, whatever, number one. But then your boy, DeMont, David Montgomery, mm-hmm. who's been playing very well. DeAndre Swift slash Jamal Williams, whoever's the starter, <laughs> number three best running back schedule. And then Javante Williams, our guy, number four, crushed last night without a touchdown. The kid's legit. We'll see what happens. Melvin Gordon startable there as well. And then Henderson slash Sony Michelle at no. number five there. Um, those are the top five there. Jacksonville, Chicago, Detroit, Denver, and Los Angeles Rams. On the bottom, Chuba Hubbard has the worst schedule. Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram with the Saints. Second worst, Josh Jacobs. Third, now Kenyon Drake out for the year with a broken ankle, so we'll see what that matters. You have the New England running backs who, again, playing well but that tandem is the fourth worst. And then Najee Harris, fifth worst there. And then I just want to mention uh, Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon and James Conner also at uh, seven, six, seven, and eighth worst. Um, who jumps off the page in that group? I'm nervous about Najee. You know, his usage has been tailing off. Might be some of the the um, rookie volume slump that we've seen time and time again. It's a longer season, especially this season. It's a longer season, hard to maintain that offense in general hasn't been playing well and when it has been playing well it's been playing well through Deontay Johnson Chase Claypool rather than Najee like it was in the early parts of the season so that one does concern me like Alvin Kamara owners don't give a shit what his schedule like looks like they just want him back on the field um so 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 he'll be coming back but David Montgomery is the poster child for running back strength to schedule look at what happened last season yep um you know maybe he pulls a repeat performance and goes 25 points a game and and, and wins everybody their championships again wouldn't that be something he won't win the bears any games but that's okay he did last week man he was yeah. he was incredible all right wide receivers doies we're gonna get out of here Miami Dolphins Jalen Waddle been playing absolutely fantastic. He's been nicked up a couple times this year, but should be okay. Devontae Parker coming back. 49ers, for what it's worth. Debo Samuel hopefully coming back. Brandon Ayuk has been playing well. Number two, strength of schedule. Number three, Philadelphia Eagles. Number four, New York Jets. And then your Chicago Bears. And number five, their boy Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson, if he ever plays again. And then you have the Tennessee Titans, if they get any more wide receivers. Deontay Johnson at number seven with Chase Claypool. And then you have the Cardinals, the Cowboys, the Rams, the Packers, the Vikings coming up in like the bottom, you know, seven through 10 range wide receivers. A lot of the studs have the best schedules on the bottom of this Denver 
worst, not worried about that. Atlanta, second worst, not worried about that. Colts, third worst, not worried about that. Terry McLaurin, fourth worst. I mentioned that earlier. And the Buffalo wide receivers, Stephon Diggs and crew, fifth worst. Haven't really been that much anyway. Tyreek Hill, number sixth worst, but he hasn't really been Tyreek Hill over the last month either. How about the wide receiver position? Yeah, I, you know, I, I keep saying the Miami passing game is exciting to me, and um, there's good reason uh, for what's what's coming. And uh, just the way they've been playing, and I think too is fine, right? I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be just fine. I think they're going to win a lot more games. Both of my children have decided they're big Miami Dolphins fans, which nice. hurts me in the heart. But they're pretty it gets me to, Yeah, I pay attention to them a little bit more now, just because. <laughs> Like they re- they absolutely refuse to be Bears fans, and I don't blame them. Like Makes sense, if I was dude. given a choice as a child, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> um, so I like that. You know, I think Deontay Johnson is ramping up here to become a oh, league yeah. winner as well. Uh, huge week for him. This I was so I'm watching. I'm watching the stat lines because I didn't have this game on, um, but I was I watched my stat lines. I have Deontay Johnson in my home league, and like for for three quarters, and this happens a lot with this kid. Three quarters, he had like one catch for. 15 yards or something stupid doesn't matter um but it's that he owns the fourth quarter man like mm-hmm. he will he will catch nine balls in a fourth quarter every single game and i think he's going to end up scoring a lot mm-hmm. of fantasy points in the in the playoffs and over the next four weeks i'm really excited to be a deontay johnson owner yep and two touchdowns late uh this this last weekend yeah, there as well Awesome. All right, we, we we broke down all of the, well, not all of, but the top five or six strength of schedule pros and then cons as well. Be careful in the playoffs. I know strength of schedule doesn't matter. Like Chris Benavides, our good brother, Kamish Crew, he and I have gone back and forth over the years. He doesn't really believe in it much. I believe in it in a lot. I think there's merit on both sides of the fences. Nonetheless, it's something to look into. And if nothing else, it it has you go, you know what? Maybe because the schedule plus weather, whatever, is just so no. gnarly. A piece of the puzzle. Switch. Look, I can't tell you how many times, and this will happen, I promise, whether it's to you, listeners, or against you, whatever. I promise you, you're going to start a stud, whoever it is. I'm not going to jinx anybody, so I'll leave names out of it. You're <laughs> going to start a perennial weekly stud, a guy that gives you 25 points every week. They're going to give you four points. And some third string backup dude that you're like, ah, eh, there's no way I'm starting him over him. He's yeah. going to put up 25. Yeah, it's it's going to happen, and I can't predict those all the time. But every once in a while, you have to make gut calls, right? I benched DK Metcalf this week. I benched nice. DK Metcalf for four other wide receivers. I think Van Jefferson. Uh, it was like Odell, Van Jefferson, Jalen Waddle, and I forget the maybe Deontay Johnson. Now, two months ago, DK plays over every one of those guys. Obviously, I Easy. benched him. Every one of those guys outproduced DK Metcalf this week, right? So I know it's a gut call. You may not want to watch the results <laughs> as they happen, but you're going to have to make some of those calls, and you got to you got to really trust your gut, and hopefully we can help you get through the finish line there. Dweez, great to have you back, man. Any yeah. final pieces of advice? Again, we're one week, one week away from the fantasy playoffs. So we're not quite there. We're going to do this all over again next week as well and get more in-depth here. But any, like, look, teams are – this is week 14. <clears throat> right? Teams are six and seven. You're five and eight. You're seven and six. You're like right on the bubble of, oh shit, I got to win and get in. Bump the folks up. Give them something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give, I'm going to, I'm going to give everybody a, a top secret industry pro tip that like we talk about behind the scenes, the people who know how to get into the right rooms on Twitter, talk about this shit all the time, but we, we have all have, we have a pact among the fantasy people that we don't share this bit of advice freely i'm gonna do it now because i don't give a shit look wearing my robe on the damn camera today because it's that cold here in michigan i don't care here's my top secret tip okay you just said you you know you can't predict when your stud's gonna bomb and somebody else is gonna step in and and take the winnership the 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 ownership of all those points but but the bottom line is as a fantasy owner you absolutely can there's a 100 guaranteed method for picking the right guy every time you know what it is so tune into the Fantasy Focus 100%. show every Sunday morning before kickoff and get all the damn advice you need. They'll, you'll answer their questions and you'll give them the right numbers, right? Absolutely. And, it, and I Come mean, on. Yeah, and that's clearly the right answer. Every single yeah. Sunday morning, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific time, streaming right here on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter of the Fantasy Focused 
show fantasy focused ed past tense check us out if you're if you're a podcast listener please make sure to subscribe to the youtube channel and check us out here live with the vids and the boys break everything down every single sunday morning if you'd like to jump the line and we get hundreds of questions literally every single sunday morning if you'd like to jump the line you can become a super chatter if you become a super chat follower and you make a donation to the show we have some swag for the TCK to give away. We give away 10% of all of our proceeds every single week to our good friends at Good Sports, which is an organization that helps underprivileged kids, kids who maybe can't afford it, kids who are not able to make the trip to practices, whatever it is. They're available in 48 states. They've helped over 400 or 540,000 kids get some gear and get to practice and play. We have we give away a Jamal Anderson signed mini helmet. We gave away a Tory Holt signed oh. mini helmet. We've given away a couple of jerseys from our friends at the Jersey Jungle as well. Folks, this is the real deal. We're in it to win it. It is crunch time. We're getting new those hashtag TCK titles. Make sure you tune in on Sunday mornings. Make sure you tune in the rest of this week. Dweez, it's great to have you back, man. Follow my man, Dweez Nuts on Twitter. All Z's, no S's. You can follow me on Twitter as well, Sky. Guasco and the rest of the team. Also, this episode and all episodes have been brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online. Very excited for this. Make sure you follow us. Subscribe to the podcast. We'll catch you next week. Enjoy the rest of your week, folks. We'll be back with you later on this week. Dweez, always a pleasure, my man. We'll catch you next time. For my man, Dweez Nuts, I am your host, Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. <laughs>